Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 32 of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today, man? I'm doing really well, man. I'm doing really well. I had a, I had a fun thing happen to me. Uh, I was driving around with the twins the other day. And just to drive around, right? Which is just something we do, get out of the house, right? Sure, sure. And we drove out to a local park. We were just cruising around. And there was a group of wild LARPers out in the snow. They oh, were either like fun. Dagger Hair or Ampsguard guys. I'm not sure. And I was just like, oh, man. Oh, the nostalgia. Because I don't really, I mean, obviously, I haven't been LARPing recently. And, uh, you know, even before then, it's been a while since I played super regularly just because I got the twins and stuff. And, yeah, but it was a you know, big it's, part it's of a your life to have for a weekend long time. Away. Yeah, but it's something I did for a long time. And I still, you know, I still really like it. And I just saw these, they were like younger. They were like maybe in their like late teens, early 20s. And I just like, man, if I didn't have the twins with me, like, or if Beth had been with me in the car, I probably, I may have just like hopped out and been like, hey, man, like, do you guys mind if I step in and like, I just like ditch with you guys for a minute. Also, I'm not going to lie to my practiced eye. They were younger than me, like by a lot, but also the skill level did seem pretty low and it would have been like a very good, I think like old man, <laughs> like old man with skills moment. Uh, and I fun. think those should never be. Yeah. You should always seize those opportunities when they present themselves. But I, you know, other than that, I'm good. I'm good, man. Cool. Well, speaking of seizing extraordinary opportunities, Dave, uh, we today are going to be watching episode 32 of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. It's called, Is It the End? Desperate Situation, Galaxy Mega. Hint, you guys, uh, it's not. It's not the, it's not the end. Okay. Oh, Just in case you were worried from that title. Um, well, Things well, turn out all right. We'll talk about it soon, Dave. But of course, before we get into that, we have our officially award-winning opening segment, Shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Would you like to hear what our first star of the week is, Dave? Oh, I sure would, Matt. Well, but I have good news for you, because it's Bun Vulcan. Welcome to Bun Vulcan. So what'd you do for Bun Vulcan, Matt? Dave, uh, let me tell you, I had... So I, I, I have not messed around with a new in, uh, recipe in a while. I sort of got locked into... I just make... I make bag, Every four days, I make a new batch of four baguettes. And I've been doing yeah, that no, no, since no, no. July. I, yeah. Like... Um, but before I was doing they're the They're solid baguettes. They're nice. They're nice. I, I, I mean, listen, you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a person who's done them for years. But I am at this point someone who's done them, you know twice every week and a half for you know since july so it's you know i got I've, I've got them down pretty well but as much as i love them i was deciding the other day like man i would like to not try a new recipe but go back to the original recipe that i had been uh, doing before i found the baguettes when i was doing that no need french bread loaf or i'm sorry no need definitely uh, gotcha, get that gotcha. feeling right you're sort of like oh i've leveled up my skills so let me kind of go back to this 
recipe and see if I can sort of like crack it a little bit more. Right, right. So the when I had fir- very first done the Dutch oven loaf, um, like the very first time I did it was a home run. Like it was mm-hmm. like that one loaf was so good that like that's kind of why I kept baking. And I don't know, it was like a total fluke, because I've totally screwed that recipe up in time since then, but the very first time was one of the best times I ever did it. Um, but I had kind of lost my touch with it, because the problem is, the recipe I use, it like, the ingredient list is frustratingly inspecific. It's an old New York Times recipe. I mean, old like the 90s old, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, Matt, like, that was at least 22 years ago. Yeah. So the uh, the recipe says, like, okay, use... What's the, what's the measure? It says, like, one and one half cups water plus two tablespoons or 390 gram or milliliters, right? Right. So I'm like, well, 390 milliliters is 390 grams, right? Like, weight-wise. Right. But when I do one and a half cups plus two tablespoons, it's like 340, maybe 45 grams weight-wise. So I'm like, it tells me that these two figures are interchangeable, but there's 45 grams of water in between one and the other. And so I was all, I just kind of, like I could never quite figure it out. And then the problem was when I would get it to... Like, when I would overhydrate the dough, like, the the way that the recipe tells you to do it is like, well, you put it on a cloth, like, you know, a cotton cloth, and you let it rise on there, like a floured cloth, and you put another cloth on top of it, and it would get too, like, you know, overhydrated and gloopy, and I would end up, end up ruining the bread and, like, just, you know, ruining these two cloths. Like, you had to, like, soak them overnight <laughs> to, like, get oh, all yeah. of that dough out of them. Uh... And so I was like, I want to go back. I want to try again now that I'm more experienced in handling dough. So I go back, and the first time I do it, I do it mostly right. I had this idea that instead of doing it flat on the uh, flat on the countertop, I would put the cloth inside like a colander and put the dough in that so that like... Okay, so you're sort of making your own like proving cloche there. Basically, so then when I sort of would, would like flip it upside down, because the recipe would tell you like then take it up and flip it upside down, it wouldn't have had a chance to like flatten out because it was a little overhydrated. I'm like, well, if it oozes, that's going to be bad. Um, anyway, I did that, and of course, it stuck to the towel, and like the bread, like the flavor of the bread turned out fine, but the technique was off, and the look of the bread was off, right? So. Mm-hmm. Like, two days later, because the flavor was so good, I'm like, i got to try this again and get it right this time. And the, the annoying thing is, since it's a no-need loaf of bread, you have to let the dough sit for, like, 18 hours. So you can't just say, like, yeah, well, that it's was really wrong, Because it's again. just got to hydrate and... Yeah. So, like, you know, day after next, I... You know, I whipped it up again. I used the same... I think I went with the 390 that time. And same thing, next day, it kind of ended up too wet. And I was like, okay, I'm not giving up on this. I can I can deal with this. Because when I was dealing with this before, I was just, like, doing it flat on the countertop and also, 
Like I didn't have a bench scraper. I was using this like mm-hmm. plastic cutting board that I had sort of like roughly cut into the shape of a bench scraper, but it didn't have it, like it was <laughs> it wasn't quite right. Like I've got the right tools. I've got more technique now. And I managed to like with enough sort of uh dusting a flower on the outside over like a, a turn or two i was able to get it more into a rough ball than before as opposed to sort of like the flat disc and i thought okay. well, the the problem the the main problem i always have is in the last moment even if it looks like it's good when i flip it off of that cloth into the dutch oven it like that's that is the breaking point mm-hmm. um and so i said instead this time i'm not gonna bother with that at all I'm just going to let it rise instead of on a cloth on some floured parchment paper. And then when the time comes, I'm just dropping the whole thing with the parchment paper in the Dutch oven. So I don't have to Brilliant. mess with it anymore. So I do that. Uh, and then because I have like a nice flat surface, I was able to use my, uh, I was able to like slash it nicely with like a nice like uh, cross shape on top. Um, Love it. Felt very nice. Um, put it in. Worked beautifully. Just absolutely beautifully. Um, I was so thrilled with it. And then, because I was had sort of already spent... This was on Saturday. I had sort of already spent the morning baking, or, you know, like, dealing with it. I had, like... Yeah. I had transformed my kitchen into, like, bread baking configuration. Um, <laughs> I oh, yeah, I've huge, been there while you do this. Like, yeah. the whole thing. I don't have a huge kitchen, so I have to, like, rearrange everything to make space to lay this stuff out. And so I had already reconfigured my kitchen. I'm like, well, I've already got everything set up. I may as well also make a full batch of baguettes. So Saturday, I made like <laughs> a loaf of bread and four baguettes. All it took like an entire afternoon, but it was very satisfying. No, I have. Uh, that sounds awesome, dude. I actually only have a little bun Vulcan. It's not even technically. It's like baking adjacent. I found I got a new recipe for chocolate mousse, or rather, I tried a new recipe for chocolate mousse. It's out of my boy Jackie Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. and it's just. It's like the simplest mousse I've ever made. It's incredible. It's like 300 grams, 100 grams of chocolate, 200 and I think it's like a cup. So 240 grams of heavy cream, 22 grams of honey, 22 grams of corn syrup, or I use rice syrup because Beth is allergic to corn. Heat your milk up, pour it over the chocolate, cover it for a minute to let the chocolate warm up, stir to emulsify, and then you just put it in the fridge overnight and it sort of sets up, and then you just throw it in a blender, or not a blender, a mixer on, like, the whisk attachment, and it whips it like whipped cream, and then it's chocolate mousse. It's amazing. Wow. Sounds great. Yeah. And, like, that's the whole recipe right there. What, Matt, is... Wow, that was a long bun, Vulcan. What, Matt, is our second star of the week? Well, thankfully, I don't have as much to talk about this. Uh, man, we got some crazy snow this week. I mean, everybody did. Yeah, not just did, us. We did, too. Yeah, man, uh, not just us. Actually, relative to like the rest of our lives, this is not this is not that crazy in terms of snow. No, like, this is one of the I only snows... had to shovel my driveway once. Yeah, like this is one of those snows that when you think of the winter, you're like, oh yeah, we had like two or three big snows. This is like one of those, but maybe not but not the worst one. It's not as bad as it was on but Christmas. Definitely not the worst one. Yeah, for sure. What is weird about this is, like, you know, I have relatives in Texas, and they're like, we have a few inches of snow. The whole city of Austin is shut down, by the way. Like, I think all of Texas is shut down. Most of Texas is, yeah. I mean, they don't have the infrastructure to deal with this amount of snow, but that's entirely reasonable. That would be insane 
for them to have it. Like, that oh, yeah. would be grossly if responsible. they just had, like, For them you know, to have a fleet of snowplows. And a hundred tons of, like, road salt. Like, no, you, you don't have those in Texas because you don't need them, usually. I <laughs> uh, hope everyone's doing well. Uh, hope everybody's this, okay. Weather. I, I went to go dig my car out today because, at least over by me, the snow, most of the snow was, like, a, it was a lot of powder. Um, and so, I'm no, like, yeah, well, same. like... It's in the sort of the mid-20s today, and the sun is out. And so what that means is, that, like, the bottom layer of this stuff is going to, like, melt on my car in the sunlight. And then it's dropping down to, like, 5 degrees tonight. So the whole thing's going to be encased in ice. So I went out to sort of, like, shovel around my car. Because I just have street parking here. I just had to, like, shovel around my car. I didn't take it anywhere. It just sort of, like, moved enough snow that if I had to move it somewhere, I could and got all the stuff off so that, like, tomorrow or the next day when I actually have to drive somewhere, I'm not, like, completely screwed. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I actually did because I got to leave early in the morning tomorrow. Nice. Uh, Well, uh, what is our third star of the week? Well, that actually leads me into the third star of the week, which is super stoked. I'm getting the first dose of the vaccine tomorrow very nice very Um, nice yeah i am excited about it it is okay so the timing of this is very strange so we had monday off because it was president's day Mm -hmm. right and then today was planned to be a fully fully asynchronous day so just like Teachers post lessons for kids to do, and then they'll just kind of work on stuff on their own. Like, no one's having in-class meetings today. Now, because of the snow, we kind of would have ended up doing that anyways. But it was very strange to me, because it's like, why would we have an all-asynchronous day the day before the vaccine? Because tomorrow, of course, all the teachers are going to be out, like, we're all going to be at going and getting the vaccine, right? Right. So all the classes are planned to be like, listen, we'll have stuff posted, you know, maybe a recorded lecture or something for you to work on. But like, we're all going to be out getting this vaccine, right? Do you know which one you're getting? I am getting the Pfizer, okay. I think. I mean, um, it doesn't really which matter. I, I'm just sort of curious. I have no idea why, but in my head, that's the good one. Well, it was the first one. Maybe that's why. But anyways, like, we know that a ton of people, like, the day after they get the vaccine are, like, laid out. Like, we just know that this is true. So, I don't know why. Yeah, I have no idea why administration was, like... That that is a normal reaction, too, uh, for some people getting vaccines. Like, your body just has a reaction. It's cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, my understanding is that this particular vaccine is, like, even if you are not normally a person who, like, gets laid out by vaccines, like, it's known, it's normal, it's part of it. Like, it's not a cause to worry. It's just a known thing. Like, right. you're just going to feel bad for a day or two. So I don't know why we didn't schedule all of, like, those asynchronous, planned asynchronous days for, like, the two days after we're getting the vaccine, because we know like a ton of people are going to be out sick. Right. <laughs> it's like not in any condition. And they're like Thursday, Thursday and Friday of this week. So the day after the whole teaching staff is getting the vaccine, those are the days where we are planned to like have kids back in the building for the first time. 
Great. in a calendar year. Like, guys, I just, like, I have no idea what the planning process was on this. Um, I think it may have just ended up bad because, like, we had to make a plan, but we didn't know exactly when we were going to get the vaccine. And it's just like, well, we're just going to do our best. So hopefully I'll feel okay and I'll be able to be in the building. But uh, but that's it, man. I'm stoked about um, getting the vaccine. That's very and, exciting. Uh, yeah. And uh, my understanding from the news is that the vaccine rollout in the past um, 26 days has just, like, cranked into overgear. Mm-hmm. Um, just like something happened like 20, 25 days ago. Well, you know what it was, Dave, is that I think they finally, they, they, they finally started listening to last year's episodes of the Super Sentai Brothers and realized it was time to get it in gear. Fauci's on board, yeah. man. I love it. He's a I fan. love it. I get letters from him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for you, Dr. Fauci. Uh, what, uh, Matt, is our fourth star of the week? Dave, fourth star of the week is I have been... Uh, we talked about it briefly early on in my experience with it, but I've, I have been playing a lot of Cyberpunk 2077. I know you have, too, but we haven't had a chance to really As talk have about I. it on the show. So let's talk about... We haven't. That, that, that video game. That I, flawed, okay, now listen, yet fun I, video game. So here has been my my experience. I did not, um, you know, I didn't pick it up for the first, I it probably it was almost two months, mm-hmm. I don't think. Well, and by the time um, you got it, you had the, the new Xbox, right? I did. I, I was, well, I was, that was planned. I was specifically waiting. I said, you know what? I'm not going to get it until I get the new Xbox because, like, you know, I just understood that it was, you know, hardware intensive. So I was like, I'm just going to get... So I got the new Xbox, which uh, I was stoked to get. I spent my stimulus money on it. And then I got this game. And again, I did. I know I got it two months in. And I have heard a lot of people... My experience has been, like, basically flawless. I have not had any problems. I only have one weird glitch, which is that if I play the game too long, eventually it stops playing dialogue. And it stops doing like dialogue animations. Oh, that's weird. I have no idea why. Yeah, I, I have all sorts just of glitches. Like, like nothing game breaking, but I'm playing on a Xbox One, and like you can tell, you know, like mm. it's it's a little rough. There was yeah, one um, bit where like, like I, my character's vision was supposed to go. Every once in a while, your character's vision gets like blurry and scratchy for a uh, story yeah. reason. Um. And then, you know, like, it goes away in, like, three seconds, but it just didn't go away. Oh, that seems very bad. Yeah, and so I was just, like, running around, and I would be, like, getting into fights and, like, trying to aim my weapons, but you can't because the vision's all, like, blurry and your eyes are just (laughs) darting all over the place. (laughs) So that was pretty bad. Fun game, though. Uh, Yeah, no, dude, I actually, I am. I'm having a blast. Like... My, the, I'm doing like a very, I have, I've never, I, I think I've used a gun like three times this whole game. I just have some big old punchy gorilla arms and I'm an absolute goon. I just run around like the term, well, no, because the Terminator does use guns. Like the Terminator, but if he didn't have guns, I'm just sort of like casually strolling through small arms fire and like punching gangers in the face. Uh, it feels real good. The gameplay is smooth, at least for me. I'm having a blast. Here's the thing that I, 
that I'm not hearing anybody talk about, and I think is worth noting. I genuinely am okay. Now I should say in the in big open world games. I do have a tendency, like many other people do, I think, to kind of ignore the main plot line for a while and then kind of just like run off into the wilderness and find stuff to do. And the stuff that I have been finding to do in this game is like really fun, really satisfying. I'm only like part way through the the main quest. And already I have like street cred 50 and I'm like level 38. Because I'm just running around, like, getting in fights and solving mysteries and, like, doing yeah. all sorts of crazy... I'm having a blast with this game, dude. You know, that that was something that surprised me because I, like, I sort of... W- once you get to the part of the game that has Keanu Reeves in it, I'm like, well, I'm just going to do the Keanu Reeves stuff. So I was doing, like, the main story. Like, I was really, like, going hard at the main story for a while. I'm like... Yeah, there's a lot of like little jobs around town you can do, but that that all just sort of seems like it's gonna be whatever, you know, like go to point A and shoot person B. Um, but then mm-hmm. I started doing those missions pretty recently because like I felt like I was getting near the end of the story and I wanted to prolong the game, so I started right. messing around and doing all the side stuff, and the side stuff is good. There's like it is it's really good. Like all of the side stuff is written. There's like a like a little story for each thing. It's nice. I mean, yeah, you know, like yeah. I said, sometimes it's, you know, unplayable and I have to like turn my Xbox off and turn it back on, but like when it works, it's good. Anyway, that's that's Cyberpunk. That's it. Yeah, man. Sorry, I wish I had more jokes about it. I know that like a lot of people are telling jokes because they're having problems with the game. Like I'm just having a genuine blast. <laughs> Uh, so Dave, what is our fifth and final star of the week? So fifth and final star of the week, Matt, I just, we, I mean, we got to talk about it. Not that like, there's obviously like a million talking heads on the internet talking about it, but part of the show is for the audience. And part of it is just so that you and I can talk about stuff that we like. Uh, but spoilers, if you want to jump ahead, we're going to talk about WandaVision for a minute. So if you're interested in watching the show, you haven't watched it yet. Just kind of jump yourself up a little bit. Uh, I think it's, it'll probably be fairly spoiler free. But, um, you know, just if you're particularly cautious about that sort of thing. Dave, this is a good TV show. Did you know that? It's a very good TV show. It's extremely good. Okay. I've, it's be- extremely, extremely good. Before we talk about any specifics about the show, I want to talk about the fact that because of the pandemic, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, so Avengers Endgame comes out. And then Spider-Man Homecoming comes out. And then they had sort of already right. kind of planned to take a bit of a break from new MCU movies. Right? But there was well, going to be... Um, there was going to be uh, Black Widow last year, right? That was I was going to say, Black Widow. And then well, wasn't... But, um, but remember, Eternals Black... was supposed to come out. What was? Wasn't Eternals supposed to come out this year, too? I don't know if it was supposed to come out already. But, like, Black Widow was like a... It's like a prequel or something? Or, like, it takes place, like, not... It's not, like, the next stage in the It's, like, timeline. it's interstitial. It's yeah. interstitial. It's Yeah, it's not a prequel exactly, but... Anyway, so... But with the pandemic, the, the, things, the things that were on the slate were delayed. Um, and that means that for the first time in, like... Ever, 
we didn't get a new MCU project for like a year, right? Yeah. Maybe more than a year. Maybe like a year and a half. How long has it been since Spider-Man Homecoming came out? Oh, geez. Um, like well, it's, it's, been been, it's been quite a while. Okay, so here's the thing. I really think that having, like, first of all, like, I kind of didn't realize how much I had missed that, like, that version of Marvel Comics. You know, like, when I started mm-hmm. watching WandaVision, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a thing I like. But what, but I really oh yeah, uh-huh. I feel like the fact that there was like just like a year and a half off really works specifically for Wandavision because Wandavision is very much part of the MCU, but it's also mm-hmm. like a weird swing in a totally different direction and like presented in a totally different way because it, it's a TV show, right? And so Dude, I am yeah, like having that I'm so into it, having that distance, I think really let you come into it sort of with fresh eyes a little more. Um, It takes like two and a half episodes to like, like I love the first two episodes, but the first two episodes are like very sitcom-y before it gets into like sort of the back half of the third episode where it starts in like really letting you know what's going on in like the meta story. Yeah, now that's actually what I wanted to talk about because, dude, those first two episodes... As it happens, I have watched a lot of, I have watched a lot of sitcoms of that era. Yeah, um, Dick Van just kind of like I love Lucy. Yeah, Bewitched. Um, and I, I particularly, I particularly love out of that out of that era, uh, the Dick Van Dyke Show. Well, sure. I was like, you know, and dude, and if you have not, and that's this is one of the interesting things is, it's still a fan show. In a way, but it's not totally a fan show of like Marvel comics, which I also am. Those first two episodes are like, hey, are you a big Dick Van Dyke fan? Here you go. And it was it was it was flawless. It was so absolutely pitch perfect. Yeah. And they have managed to do to maintain that throughout. Like in each episode, as they're going, like, era th- by era through, like, the history of the American sitcom, like, mm-hmm. when they're doing, like, the MCU spooky WandaVision stuff, like, that's, like, cool MCU stuff. But when they're just doing straight up, like, sitcom bits, they're just, like, pitch-perfect sitcom bits. It's it's genuinely astonishing how good they are. And every episode it's has a so different good. I actually song. I actually thought that the plot that they put in the first episode of WandaVision that was like clearly kind of a Dick Van Dyke plot, I had to go back and check like episode synopses for early episodes of Dick Van Dyke because I was like, I actually like I'm sure that they used this plot like this might be the plot from the first episode of the Dick Van Dyke show. It's not. But I think that just goes to show like how absolutely nailed that they did. Yeah. How absolutely nailed that they did, how well yeah. they nailed it. Yeah. And um and then all the MCU stuff is amazing. And they're doing the same they're doing the same stuff, uh, which is and I never get tired of it, and I know we've talked about it before, but it is this it's a fantastic mashup of like there's enough stuff that if you are a big fan of the comics there's like little tidbits and teasers and like there's little 
little sprinkles in there for you that you're like, oh, okay, now I get it. Now I see, like, oh, you threw that thing in, and it's a callback to this, that, or the other. And if you're not a fan of the comics, you might not catch it. But it's not so spot on to exact. It's still fresh and new. Right. It's just, I mean, it's just killer television, Matt. The the last thing I want to say about this show is that this is the first time that Paul Bettany has been, like, allowed to have fun in a Marvel project, I think, <laughs> ever. Because the vision is a very, like, you know, especially, like, as the vision was presented in the movies, it's a very sort of, like, you know, serene or sad figure. Like, he's not fun or funny. But Paul Bettany, like, if you watch A Knight's Tale... When Paul Bettany was Did you Chaucer in that movie, like he's got this really great, fun, like wild energy when he's doing stuff like that. And when I was watching him, especially in the second episode during the magic show bit, like it, like it was just so refreshing to see Paul Bettany getting to do something like that again. <laughs> I loved it. And yeah, that's it. It's a great show. Um, you're probably already that's, watching it. Man, it's killer. <laughs> Um, speaking of great shows, Dave, uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to watch episode 32 of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. It is called, Is It the End? Desperate Situation, Galaxy Mega. Uh, it's original air date, September 28th, 1997, written by Yasuko Kabayashi. Uh, if you want to watch along with us, you can do so either with the DVDs or at shoutfactorytv.com. Uh, not shoutfactory.tv. That is not the right website URL. Anyway, I recommend you do it. This is a really fun episode, and we're going to talk about it when we come back shortly. All right, welcome back. This episode rules. Yeah, 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 yeah. This episode is really, really good. Oh, noting that it's a cliffhanger episode, sorry guys for uh, not getting an episode out last week. It was just, um, It was just a super crazy week. Yeah, um, but in case you have forgotten what was happening at the, the other side of the cliffhanger where we left things off, uh, Gyrael ate a bad pill that turned him uh, big and wild, and he's kind of uh, gone bestial, but he is very strong. Well, well, bad along certain vectors, Matt. Bad for is it making him? Yeah, well, is it making him insane and, as you say, uh, bestial? Yes. Did it also make him super strong and able to defeat the Rangers? Yes. So, you know, priorities, uh, his, right? His will is no longer his own. do whatever it takes. Yeah. Uh, this was all punishment from Dr. Hinalar because Gyrel had betrayed Uganda. Um, I mean, I think, I think that Hinalar is also hoping that it works, but he's not relying on this working. This, I think, for Hinalar is a way to deal with Gyrail, and if it also deals with the Rangers, that's gravy. My vibe from this is that he thinks it will work, but is also kind of hoping that that Gyrail will die in the process. That's kind of where... I think he thinks it'll work, but, you know, again, he does hate Gyrail. Yeah. Okay, so... We're back. Episode leads off with a just kind of like a recap from there. So our opening shot is in the control room of Galaxy Mega because, of course, the entire staff of Ionet also lives and works inside Galaxy Mega. 
which is super on the ropes right now. Doctor, uh, the control room is super jacked. Um, Doctor Kubota is hurt, and they're like, he's like, oh, we got to get in touch with the moon base. Like, do it. And they're like, Doctor Kubota, like we're trying, but like everything is jacked. Like we can't do it. Yeah. Um. Outside, Galaxy Mega is just being absolutely like destroyed uh i mean not destroyed yeah it is, like he's... it is intact but it's having a very bad afternoon because uh oh well, the other so... thing we forgot to uh mention was that at some point for reasons we were not quite sure of as guy rail was continuing to mutate he mutated into being two guys and now there's a second thing that is sort of related yeah. it's just another monster yeah, it's like this, like energy, like glorbed off of him, and then it turned into a whole new monster. That's basically like a Tyranid from Warhammer 40k, and uh, they're just yeah, they're tag teaming Galaxy Mega. It's it's very very bad. Uh, we cut back inside. Doctor Kubota like helps a guy up who had like fallen on the floor, and as he is doing this. He gets a phone, like, the computer starts, you know, like, he gets this, he gets a Skype call, basically. <laughs> like, it just rings. Yeah. He runs over, he <laughs> picks it up, um... and it's, uh, it's Yusuke. It's, it's Mega Silver. It's Dr. Hayakawa. It's the guy. Yeah. And he is all smiles. He's like, <laughs> Dr. K, things are great up here on the moon. We finished up the, oh, geez, what's up with you guys? Right. They're like, stop talking immediately and look behind us to the ruin that is happening. We need to get through the pleasantries immediately and, like, get to work. So Hayakawa, he he kind of reiterates, he's like, well, listen, we're done up here, so we're good to go. Dr. Kubota's like, all right, dope. He calls the rangers and he says, listen, you guys, oh, because they're in, um... Super Galaxy Mega right now. It's Galaxy Mega merged with Delta Mega. And he's like, listen, you guys need to detach from, like, from Galaxy Mega, and you need to fly Delta Mega up to the moon to meet up with Hayakawa. His new project will will be able to help us. All right? And they're like, yes. Dr. Kabuta, no, how can we? And he's like, you have to. And they're like, but. And he's like, no, just go. And then they're like, okay. And they're like, there is... But seriously, who is going to pilot Galaxy Mega while we're gone? <laughs> well, and thankfully, uh, at the end of the last episode, uh, Shogo, the head mechanic of Galaxy Mega, had made his way up to the cockpit, and uh, for reasons for that episode, he needed to talk Kenta into actually fighting. Um, but he's like, listen, like Galaxy Mega is my baby. I like I'm you know he doesn't say this, but he's like, listen, I'm not a Mega Ranger, but like. I can operate this machine. So, like, yeah. you get going, and I'll sort of hold the fort as best as I'm able. Here's my question, yes. Dave. They separate Galaxy Mega from Delta Mega, and they take Delta Mega to the moon. They do. Right. And they leave Galaxy Mega, full of all the people, um, being piloted by an injured Shogo, because it has to be piloted by somebody. Right. They leave that on the Earth. Delta Mega yeah. is a remote-controlled robot. Why didn't they take Galaxy Mega to the moon and leave Delta Mega unmanned to just fight Gyril for a few minutes on its own? <laughs> Worst case scenario there is Delta Mega gets blown up, and that would suck. But, like, 
<laughs> Worst case scenario here is that Galaxy Mega and Doctor Kubota and Tall Steve and the entire staff of the, of Inet are just killed all at once. Man, I a hundred percent forgot that Delta Mega was fully automatic. That's amazing. Yeah, there's yeah, no good like, reason. There's the no reason, good reason. The reason is that it the drama. episode needs more drama. drama. Right. Right. It's dramatic. There's, so, yeah, there's not a show if they do all the stuff that just makes sense. But listen, I got to talk about something, and that's what I chose to talk about this time. So all the <laughs> all the Rangers are in Delta Mega, and there's this amazing moment because, um, as Matt just mentioned, Delta Mega is fully automatic, so it doesn't have a like a cockpit. Yeah, like, it's there's got like no a steering mechanism for Delta Mega. So it's they got just like a get server in room, basically, <laughs> like right. full of like computers so, that like house the AI. But they're just standing around. So they just <laughs> they just run into Delta Mega. They're like Delta Mega, full power. <laughs> but like they can't make it go. I guess they're just telling it what they want. Yeah, they, they are pursued by the um, the. What's the word you were using to describe this monster, Dave? It's a tyranid. Tyranid. I was thinking of uh, three syllable words beginning with T, but the only two I can think of were Troubadour and Trandoshan, and I knew both of those were wrong. Well, Trandoshan's not. Trandoshan is closer than Troubadour, I would say. Sure. Um, uh, tra- uh, Bosk was a Trandoshan. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, the Bonnie Hunter Bosk. They're like the mortal enemies of the Wookiees. Yeah, Everybody knows long, that. They got long lizard arms. They're weird. So the the Tyranid-looking thing comes after them and sort of grabs on, and that is when Kenta says, like, hey, Delta Mega, please go to full power. And the booster jets sort of knock this Tyranid thing off of Delta Mega, and Delta Mega is able to escape and get to the moon. Yes. But the monster is still, like, alive and floating around in space. This yeah, it's just kind of... Soon. <laughs> yeah, it just sort of... Around in space. So they show up to the moon and they like, they get in there like, wait, they're like, they're genuinely mystified, which is amazing. They're like, when did they have time to make this? Like, who has been doing this this whole time? And they're like, oh, Yusuku has, has been doing it. Right. And they, and they he come around makes the corner a- and he's got this great, like, dramatic entrance where he's just, like, standing in the middle of the hallway with his arms crossed. When he, by the way, when he wears his lab coat, when he's in, like, scientist mode, the sleeves are, like, pushed up to the elbows. Very good luck. Yeah. So they encounter him and he's like, wow, uh, you guys look terrible. Uh, so let's get this show on the road because uh, we've got a disaster to avert and I've got just the thing for it. Yes. Yeah. So he says, check it out, guys. Um, we don't have time to talk about it a whole lot, but here are like the key cards to your brand new vehicle robots. Well, they don't say they're vehicle robots. They're just like your brand new vehicles. And then they, they open them up. And the, and and the other scientists, are, by the way, we're not expecting oh, yeah. to like... Like, Yusuke <laughs> walks in, he's like, hey, the pilots are here. And he hands them the keys to the robots. And all of the scientists are like... Whoa, dude! Like we literally just finished building this. None of this has been tested. Like, like, like five minutes ago. Like yeah, exactly. We have not. Nothing has been done and as far as like QA here. This is a very bad idea. And I, I was just like, well, this will be the testing session. Like we kind of just have to go for it. And like, here's the thing. Here's actually what I really appreciate about this moment is that 
and, and I don't know how totally on purpose it is, but I think it really, really works here because the scientists and engineers who built it are – they're scientists and engineers, right? But they're not field personnel for INET like the right. rangers are. And, you know, they've been up on the moon. They've been very removed from a lot of this stuff. They've been totally focused in on this project when they can get Hayakawa to be around to work on it. Whereas Hayakawa is mega silver. And he's yeah. like down, like he's working on this as well, but he's also kind of in the trenches in the same way that the mega rangers are. So here they come. Things are bad. Walking down the street. Right. Uh,. They probably would get funny looks. The From funniest. Everyone they'd be. You yeah. Would, yeah. Anyways, the other hey, guys hey, are like, Rangers. no. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I'm no, sorry. we have to do more tests. And Hayakawa is the dude who, like, understands the technology in a way that the Rangers don't because, like, he's building it. But also understands that, like, mm, like, there's a time for that and it's not right now. And, right. like, we just need to get these into the field. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good moment. It's a great moment for him especially because, like, as you say, to this point, like, our experience watching this character has been mostly as a superhero. And it's really cool to ha let him have this moment that references his time as a superhero. But, like, the win comes from the fact that, like, he is there a scientist. Right. And I think that's neat. Uh, the, the other scientists do not, but you know, whatever. They're a bunch of nerds. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so they sort of like pull open the curtains and show the hangar bay of these things. They are called the what? The Voyager robots? Was that it? Uh yes, yeah. The Voyager machines, Voyager machines. Because only one of them is actually a robot. Everything else is like a vehicle. Yeah. So there's. Um, and one of them kind of stretches the stretches the definition of vehicle. Yeah, so Mega Blacks is like a space. It's like straight up like a space space shuttle. It's a shuttle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Mega Pink Mega is like Pink? a hover tank. I think is what it is. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. Mega Yellow has what I could only describe as a Y wing to Mega Black's X wing. Like it's a, it's a spaceship, but it's like sturdier and more heavy duty looking. Well, that's a good way to say it. And then Mega Blue just has the thruster from a rocket. It's just a rocket. Like it's not a rocket ship. It's just a rocket. <laughs> yeah. There's no steering mechanism on this thing. Yeah, I mean, like, he is somehow it, well, still I mean, steering it through, you know, he is definitely steering it. But, but there are not, like, fins on this thing to redirect its direction. Yeah. And then Mega Red has a robot. Yeah, he's got a cool robot. <laughs> yeah, he's got a great robot. It's got, like, shoulder-mounted uh, cannons and stuff. I know I make a fair number of references to uh, Gundam Heavy Arms, but it does give off a strong Gundam Heavy Arms vibe. Yeah, it's like if Gundam Heavy Arms was a dork. That's what this thing looks like. Not like in a bad way, <laughs> but like it's a it's a it's a cool robot, but it's not like cool. You know what I mean? It's right. not slick. Uh, anyway, um, oh, there is a quick. Sorry, there in and around all of this happening, there are some like cutbacks to uh, Galaxy Mega just still getting absolutely mollywopped. 
Oh yeah, it's things are going very badly. They they were putting like full power to the shields to try to survive, but like you know, Shogo is just able to like stand and mostly try to maneuver the shield in front of itself to stop from being impaled, but he does not succeed at that because Galaxy Mega is absolutely impaled on a big spine. Yeah, it's it, again, it's going very very poorly. So Man, there's an amazing moment, and I'm actually out of love. I'm going to let you talk about it. Okay, so they're all getting into their cockpits, right? The, there are fireman poles, by the way, to get down to the cockpits, which is great. Love it. Always love that. Uh, it gives me big O-Ranger vibes, really. Um, them getting into this hangar bay. They all get into their respective machines, like, okay, take off, let's go. Blue rocket, rocket takes off. The... Hover tank and the two spaceships take off. And uh, Mega Red, he's in this robot. And it's sort of like the platform he's standing on is like moving down this uh, like launch tube, right? This like horizontal um, takeoff ramp. Uh, and he's trying to figure out like how to get it up to speed. And then it like it starts moving backwards. And he's like, what is going on with this stupid thing? Why is mine so much different than everybody else's? Everybody else just gets, like, a regular plane that they can fly. I've got, like, this whole, like, weird control scheme. And Yusuke hops in. He's like, listen, um, we made yours different because, like, the rest... He doesn't say this part, but he's like, the rest of them are smart. But what he does say is, like, you're a gamer. So, like, we gave you gamer controls. Uh, But specifically, like... He plays fighting games. And so what happens is that Mega Red's giant robot, like, two turnbuckles pop up behind him with ropes in between them. And the robot, like, throws itself, like, Irish whips itself into the ropes uh, to, like, because, you know, when you bounce off the ropes, you build up speed. That's one of the the fundamental truths of wrestling is the ropes always make you faster. Uh, and so he just, like, throws himself into the ropes, and that is what, like, catapults him, like, down the runway out into space. It's wonderful. Yeah, uh, he just is straight up a giant, a giant luchador. It's incredible. A giant luchador with shoulder pads with rockets in them. Yeah. Oh, and he also it. surfs. Just absolutely. He surfs in space on a, ro- a rocket. This, I, I do kind of feel badly for Shun. Because, like, Kenta is having difficulty, like, keeping up with the others. Because, like, his thrusters aren't as strong because he's not a plane, he's a robot. And he's Mm -hmm. kind of falling behind. And so what he does is he just, like, leapfrogs from, like, one to the other until he, like, jumping on them. Until he lands on Shun's rocket. And he's like, okay, uh, this is now a surfboard. And I am just going to ride it to Earth. It's extremely good. Shun is pretty salty about it. <laughs> he does not. Um, I mean, I would be too. Yeah, he is not. Like, he is not into this. Shun, listen, I kind of like the fact that Shun just has like a straight up like rocket thruster as his, but like he definitely gets the short end of the stick on this, right? Like he is the least cool one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Definitely. Like, everybody else is, even though they are all vehicles, like, they at least kind of look rad. His is literally just like a big, a big rocket. It's a tube. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty boring. So, as they are 
flying back towards Earth to help. They are accosted by the Tyranid monster again. Yeah. Uh, and then it, like, grabs Kenta's robot, which I think is, like, Mega Voyager robot. Voyager Machine 1? I, I forget. We'll get the name down. No, I think it might be like Robo Voyager or something. I actually didn't catch it. Um, we will get the name down, I'm sure, in an episode or two. But he grabs Kenta and like throws him down to like a large asteroid. And they're having this like, low-gravity fight on this asteroid. Uh, Kenta is doing okay. He's still getting the hang of this robot. Um, the other, the scientists are all kind of freaking out. They're like, "Oh my gosh, he's gonna destroy our robot!" Um, but yeah. Yusuke believes in him. Yeah, Heiko was like, "No, no, no, he'll like, he's got this. He'll be fine." And then he is. Like, he totally is. Yeah. Well, the other four come to his rescue. Which I mean, when I say the other four come to his rescue, I mean that the other three show up and shoot this thing with lasers, and the and Shun just sort of like rolls up on his rocket, lands it on the ground, is like. Okay, get on my rocket surfboard, right, and then just flies him around. Yeah. Um. So they are rolling back down to Earth, and they're like, "Okay, they well, kill the monster." Yeah, they they call that monster. They roll back down to Earth, and they're like, "Okay, well, kind of, what do we do now?" And he's like, "Oh, Yusuku says, like, dude, you didn't think I would build this thing without a combination function, did you?" Of course you can turn into a giant robot. Mega Voyager! Um, now, Galaxy Mega is, like, he has about kicked it. Like, yeah. Shogo is at this point unconscious. Um, like, this is, I mean, this really, this really is it. Yeah, like, if Mega Voyager doesn't arrive in this moment, then Galaxy Mega is dead. So, of course, Mega Voyager arrives exactly in this moment. Yeah, naturally. It's very cool. You, you see him come down from space. He lands, like, right in between Guy Rail and Galaxy Mega. And and the we cut to the Nezare headquarters, and we see that, like, uh, Shibalina and Dr. Hinalar are like, Whoa, oh, What? What now? What, what now? What is this thing? We were about to win. They have another robot. How many robots do they have? They are just, yeah, they're, they're so upset. Uh, anyways, but then Mega Voyager just, I mean, he pretty much defeats, he, he defeats Guy Rail. They, they fight for a minute, and it's going back and forth. And Kenta radios back up to the moon base, and I was like, hey, does this thing have any special moves? And Yusuke says, oh, like, yeah, man, it's got a great one. Like, okay, well, uh... <laughs> Kenta's like, you gonna, you maybe want to tell us what it is? It's like, oh, yeah, right, sorry. I got distracted watching the fight. Guys are doing great. Anyway, we've got this move. It's called One Strike, One Kill Voyager Spartan. It's a very good name. And the best part about it is is how you activate it is straight up like, it's like a fighting move thing. He's like, all right, you got to go like, it's not up, up, down, down, back, left, back, left, but like it may as well be. It's like, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's like a Hadouken. It's, uh, it's like left, yeah. up, down, right, actually. Because uh, you see him, like, do the move with the joystick. So it's, you know, not quite a sure you can, I guess. Um, but they activate one strike, one kill Voyager Spartan. And the way that it works is that they summon the parts of Shun's rocket that did not get transformed into, like, the like the spine of this rope of Mega Voyager. And it is just 
a gun with one big bullet and the bullet is like yeah. the top of the rocket and they just shoot Shun's robot through Gyral. Um so on one hand, Shun has the worst one because it's not like its own autonomous thing. On the other hand, he's just flying around in something that's half surfboard, half gun, and that's kind of great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I gotta be honest. It, I mean, it looks cool, and it looks like they have a, a giant gun. I think the name is probably the best part of this. I bet if you had this toy, like, this thing would be spring-loaded and very fun to play with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. So that's it. Great job. Great job. So in the kind of aftermath... Dr. K, Dr. Kubota gets over to Shogo. Oh, yeah. Shogo's he, like, okay. gets his way up to the cockpit and, like, pries the door open. Is like, Shogo, Shogo, are you okay? Uh, and he is. I mean, he's totally beat up, but he'll live. Yeah, he's a wreck, but he'll, he'll live is the point. And they all express, they're like, Galaxy Omega, you were so great. And, like, you've served us and battled so hard. And you saved everybody in INET. Like, you're the best. So... Hooray, then Shogo's like, I'm going to fix him up. And he's going to be just as good as this fancy new Mega Voyager. Um, I really hope that this begins kind of like a uh, rivalry between Shogo and Hayakawa as to like who has the better robot. Well, I do hope that as well. We'll get to it in a minute. There is a nice moment between the two of them um, soon. Yeah. Uh, so we cut over to the Nezere base quickly. Um, King Javius the first has skyped in with his one shaky eyeball. So mad, uh, so he's, angry. He's so mad that Guy Rail was killed, and Doctor Hanalar is like, "Listen, um, totally get it, totally understand why he'd be upset about this, but really, this is what Guy Rail wanted. You know, he wanted to fight the Rangers at any cost. I, we did our best with him. You know, you sent this guy. We really tried with him, but I." I, I just is, end of the day, this is just all he could do, you know. And he says, "Listen, like I know, you know, I know he was your guy." He says, "But we got it." He says, we, "You don't need to send anybody else. We can handle this." So just we got it, man. We're good. Uh, so we cut down to Earth. Uh, they are at the Digital Research Club, and Shogo is there with them. He's on crutches. He's got like a bandage around his head because. That's how you know in a TV show that somebody has been injured recently, but not, like, five minutes ago. Anyways, and so they're like, yeah, this is it, blah, blah, blah. And then Hayakawa just busts in, and he's like, what's up, guys? I brought snacks and booze. And they're like, you cannot have booze here. We are children. He's like, it's not for you. <laughs> yeah, this is my <laughs> champagne. I brought you guys juice. Yeah, Kuichiru does not buy the juice argument. He's like, dude, this is... This is still a school campus. You can't have alcohol. No one's allowed to have alcohol here. You're not allowed to have alcohol here. If you told me, however, that Dr. If you try to convince me that Mr. Uiwa does not have like a bottle of booze stashed somewhere in his office, I would not believe you. No, no, not at all. Uh, th there is a nice moment between Yusuku and Shogo where they, like, Yusuku walks over to him and he's like, hey, listen, like... To, you know, like, you can take your time fixing up Galaxy Mega. Mega Voyager is here to, like, carry the load until Galaxy Mega is ready for the field again. Like, 
you know, I'm 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 happy to be like we you know it. your colleague in this, and they have like a a nice moment together, which is nice. And that's basically it. Um, yeah. you know, uh, Koichiru and Yusuku are like wrestling over the champagne bottle, and the cork flies out, and everybody gets covered in champagne. Uh, now, and that's uh, that for normally, the episode. Now, Dave. Yeah, I was going to say normally, of course, we would take a look at the creature royale, but I don't. I don't think we do because Gyrell really is a lieutenant sort of character. He's not a monster of the week. So right. I say we just kind of remember him in the moment and then we'll we'll kind of do him in our season recap or along with the rest of the lieutenants. Yeah. I, I am sad to see Gyrell go. I am less sad to see Gyrell go than I would have been to see Shibalina or Yagande go. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, not that I think he was bad, um, but like you know, he came in halfway through the season, so I was less attached to him. Um, but yeah, I, I am interested to see how he stacks up against the, some of the sort of like secondary, tertiary lieutenants um, from previous seasons. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna want to compare him to uh, Richie Hiker a lot. Strong Richie Hiker vibes, yeah. Yeah, he comes in, he tries to sort of outsmart everybody. He's only around for like the middle part of the season. Uh anyway, that's that's I guess we will talk about that in I don't know, 20 weeks or something. <laughs> Give um, or take. <laughs> uh but then that that is the end of this episode. Of this, I have loved Mega Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Super Sentai Pros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Or so I have been told. If I'm being honest, I only half believe it. But the opportunity to say that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars, is so compelling that I have continued to say it at the end of the episode every week, even though the iTunes review section no longer really exists and is now the podcast <laughs> app review section. It just doesn't sound right. So shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on there. We've already gone through this bit. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you want to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find us all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.